It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Our number two of a numbers game right here at VEASAN, the sports betting network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, FUBOS, Link Game Plus, and of course, iHeartRadio. It's Gil Alexander. Jason Cott is here, producer number seven. You know who else is here, ladies and gentlemen? Producer number five, eternally. Jeff Parlay, how you doing? Morning, Gil. Morning. <laughs> this is kind of a scramble because I was a little bit uh, a little more traffic than I anticipated because I forgot oh. that uh, that people actually are driving to work again at at, at yeah. around this time. So a uh, little scramble, and I'm I'm here. That's all that matters. Well, I'm glad to see you. We'll we'll uh, we'll chat. We're going to have Jason Weingarten here momentarily because I want to bend your ear about basketball and all kinds of other things. Let me just update uh, for those who missed it earlier. I had tennis picks. Uh, one was a big favorite. One was a big dog. The big favorite, well off to a good start, off to a very good start. Zvonareva against McHale. Zvonareva up a break uh, in uh, actually a couple breaks in the first set. Three three love there. Remember the uh, dog starting. I think right after the show is Camila Georgie. Camila Georgie is well. I'll tell you where I got her. She's plus two sixty four ish right now. Uh, I got her earlier. At, uh, let's see, oh, plus 272, so not far off that number against uh, Sarah Cerebus-Tormo. So if you want some tennis action this morning, by the way, I have this other one right now, uh, Polona Hercog at uh, $3, plus 302. She's uh, mixing it up with Maria Sakari. So a uh, little morning tennis, Jeff, from uh, Rome. There, there are some spectacular names you just threw in there, Gil. Oh, they get much. Believe me, those weren't even the worst. <laughs> wait, wait till uh, I have a pick on Pavliochinkova. That's her last name. That's the whole last That's name. That's the whole last name. Oh, okay. Name. Yeah. Dude, there's nothing better than this time of year. And again, I know people are into basketball, they're into hockey, they're into baseball, obviously. But there's nothing better than for those of us who love betting sports that aren't going on here necessarily stateside. So, like, in the middle of the night, you know, we're asleep, but our bets are, are going off. And then you wake up to see, did I, did I win this one? Did I win this one? It's a beautiful thing. Three weeks until Rowan Garros, right? Yeah, they, delay, they, they pushed it back one week. Okay. Um... Again, COVID concerns, but at least they're playing it this year around when they uh, when they're supposed to. And so, yeah, second uh, second major of the year, and that goes right into grass season, which is the shortest. Good luck for all of us who do tennis data to figure out, you know, like <laughs> how to do that after like no grass season last year. And then to hard courts with the U.S. Open, obviously. You don't bet any tennis, do you? I just follow your picks. All right. You and Dan Weston. I, I, oh. I, I, I let the smart ones uh, Dan is handle handle their business. Phenomenal. Actually, I don't even know what Dan's on today. I should check. Uh, all right, so we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk all kinds of things. Let's bring him in though, from under a cloud of smoke uh, in uh, Southern California, ladies and gentlemen. It's Jason Weingarten. How you doing, Jason? Pretty good. If uh, if I had to grade the uh, the the last week as a boxing match, I'd give it ten nine to the the bookmakers over me. Unfortunately, so uh. I'm. Uh, just, just recovering from that. We all, you know, what's it's so. I'm so grateful when someone on the show says that because I like to think that this show has some of the best betters on it. And when they are transparent and say, "Hey, it happens to everybody, right?" Like you haven't bet long enough if that hasn't happened to you, and it even happens to a guy like Jason Weingarten. It just goes that way sometimes. I'll tell you what's ten nine in your favor though. Using the boxing analogy, you on Japanese television. Can we show this shot of Jason Weingarten? Uh, Japanese television crew came to. I guess that you explain it to us, Jason. That they learned that you really were high on Shohei Otani from was it Point Spread Weekly? Maybe that you wrote a piece and they came and they filmed you. Yeah, they read they read something I wrote for Point Spread Weekly, um, and uh, 
they came and filmed me talking about Shohei Otani. It actually happened like a month ago. It just, uh, I just happened to, uh, to, to find it listen, on Friday. Listen, man, you've been on Japanese television. Your dog, Ren, was on Daily Wager. I mean, you're rolling with it. So, you know, the, the, the gambling gods have a way of evening things out. So it's just, uh, just their way of uh, not letting you get too cocky. Let me ask you about this tweet. This is uh, Jason Weingarten. This I just want to point out this tweet right here that he. Uh, this is about uh, Dallas Garcia. If you would, uh, uh, Jason. This is. <laughs> if rumor has it, Westgate took a thousand dollars on a Dallas Garcia to lead MLB in home runs at one hundred to one. I tease this segment by saying, "There's a guy in the home run race that I'm going to guess seventy five percent of our audience, Jeff, has never even heard of," and he he honestly feels like he could win this whole thing. This... It, it, he definitely can. And uh, yet another St. Louis Cardinal outfield prospect traded and blossoming somewhere else. A great point, which is what I want to ask Jason about, because we typically think of the Cardinals as, you know, the great or, the greatest organization in baseball. And there are lots of reasons why they are a great organization, by the way. It's Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay hanging out uh, here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, and, of course, iHeartRadio. Jason, what about that? Give us some other examples with the Cardinals. Me, me Jason. Um, yes, you, Jason. Randy Rosarena, Randy Rosarena, uh, Stephen Piscotti, Tommy Pham. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was another one. They let, one more outfielder. They let Randall. Gr- they let Randall Grichik go. Grichik. Grichik's on yeah. the list. It's just a lot of outfielders. They uh, they seem to have some sort of blind spot for. So now, Adolis Garcia of the Rangers, by the way, he's got nine. Ho- is it nine homers now on the season? I believe it's nine. Nine. And you can show one me. called back. And one called back. That's right. And the is the major league lead at ten last I checked. I again I can't uh I didn't check still last ten, night. yeah. Yeah, still ten. So there's Jared Sandler who writes uh, he's the Texas Rangers beat writer. Adalas Garcia, nine homers since April fifteenth, most in MLB leads all MLB rookies and homers and RBI, nine and twenty four. And then another tweet putting in perspective. Uh this one from Sarah Langs at Slangs on Sports. Most home runs since April fifteenth, Adalas nine. Giancarlo eight, and then Xander, Tatis, and Ramirez all at seven. So if someone is showing up, the Westgate thing was a hundred to one. Right now it's eighteen to one. If someone were showing up right now and say, "Hey, should I bet this?" You would say what? No, I would not bet it at eighteen to one. <laughs> I barely, I barely thought it was a good bet at a hundred to one. I thought the Westgate was giving us a very bad price. Um, I would have probably hope for closer to 200 to one, but it's winning. So they're not winning, but it's, it's lost. You know, it's, it's, it's gained a lot of ground. So I can't complain too much. Do you view the, 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 is part of the reason you say that, or maybe a large part of why you say that, because you just view it as Acuna versus the field. Like who's the guy who you're like, this guy's not losing it. If he, if he plays, there's like 50 players within four home runs of the top. So it's still so early to, you know, want to take a guy or say someone's the the true leader. But obviously Acuna looks good. Trout and Otani have short odds. Uh, Franmil Reyes, real real low odds. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, you know, uh, that's, that's basically it off the top of my head. Uh, I really didn't. Oh, Jordan, obviously, right? I didn't really spend yeah. a ton of time on the home run props until we we bet uh, 
Garcia. This until we bet Garcia, and I bet some some Jordan. Um, but yeah, no, I like I like our position. Um, let, let's go to today's card. It's a very short one. There's only six games, and quite honestly, we only have four lines. Uh, because the uh, Angels in Houston, I'm not sure we have a uh, Angels pitcher yet, and I'm not sure we have a Marlins pitcher in the Marlins D-backs game. But we do have four other games. And I want to ask you about, first of all, have you made any bets? And then one specifically, at Coors, Colorado, it's it's Denilson Lamette going for the Padres. Like, do we know how far he can go in a game at this point? And the, and the Rockies we are don't. huge dogs here. Um. I didn't bet that game. I didn't bet any games today, actually, and it was mostly because there weren't that many overnight lines to to really dive into, and the ones that were available, I didn't didn't see very much compelling stuff on. So I'm I'm off all the sides today. It's uh, weird. It's unusual. Yeah, but it's a, it's uh, no plays for me today. Strange day. Let me let me leave you with this, Jason. Um, is there anything besides the home run market? Is there any other Award any futures plays that you have updated bets on since the last time we spoke? I'm I'm looking at a Cy Young future that that I'd like to take maybe later today that I haven't got to bet yet. Um, <laughs> so we can't mention that out loud. Okay. Yeah, I can't mention it yet because I, I haven't okay. I haven't bet it yet. But but hopefully hopefully I'll bet it later today if I do. Um, but yeah, let's see. Otherwise, I added a little bit of Trevor Bauer at like. 18 to one, I think, uh, for Cy Young. But but what I'm learning this year, and again, I I don't have tons of experience with with the Vegas apps because I live in California. Mm-hmm. But I I did finally learn this year that one of the issues with the apps is that the limits on some of the futures is like a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks. Yeah. And a lot of times I I want to get a lot more than that. Um. So I find a good number and I try to bet it, and it's like. I'll take a hundred bucks on it, and I'm. It's not worth the time. Um, so I haven't really bet much more. I, I added a little more Corey Seager. I still think fifteen to one. It's, oh wow! Okay. It's still early. You know, he can get hot. It's not like, you know, teams slump all the time. The Dodgers they lost like ten one run games. It's it's not the end of the world. It's not the season's not over. You know, I, you bring up something, and we'll we'll just close with this. But he brings up Jeff the you know, how, how you get limits somewhere and other places you don't. Do we have those tennis numbers that I gave you, Jason, at all? We don't have those yet. Okay, so these are, these are. I made a whole bunch. My whole weekend was me going around town picking off men's French Open futures numbers for two guys. Uh, this is the first time I've ever bet anybody besides Rafael Nadal on the men's side. And, okay, we do have them. And the two guys are Matteo Berrettini and Casper Root. By the way, you see Gasvatek, obviously, on the lady side at the bottom. I do have one perfunctory, you know, one Nadal bet just in case, you know, nothing does go crazy. But I got Berrettini at all kinds of numbers around town. I got Root at all kinds of numbers, the ones that you see on the screen. And because I think those two guys are live if Nadal falters and those prices are spectacular. But to your point, Jason, and this isn't even on the app, this is just brick and mortar, right? If I go to stations, right, and, and, and this is what happened, you know, they sort of they almost laughed when I when I asked how you know can I bet <laughs> I was like gave him a dime and they're almost like yeah we you can't take that we're just gonna we're just gonna cap this at, at ten thousand that's their policy that's just how they do business I went to the win I tried to bet a you know a certain amount at a big number like that 
and the wind kept me there for you know a good five minutes while they sort of assessed liability and they came back and they're like you can only do a nickel on this and then there are other shops i will say we don't have DraftKings sadly here in nevada so i can't comment on them but i will tell you there's a lot of shot there's there's you know we have certainly listen mgm's our sponsor um but i will tell you they will take a bet and for those who and believe me my pin tweet is still you know knocking a, a william hill thing that happened years ago Give William Hill this much. They'll take a bet, you know, for, for, for a big payout. So it's interesting how different shops have different attitudes about that. But you see that with baseball awards. By the way, some prominent offshores also cap winnings at a ridiculous number, like really ridiculous number. So are you finding, Jason, in conclusion here, are you finding that, that that's getting more and more tight? Shouldn't it be going the other direction with competition? Well, I'll give you one example. Last week with points bet, they have yes, no to make the playoff market. And I wanted to bet more on the Royals at 10 to one. And, you know, I thought 10 to one was the preseason number, a real high number. Um, they gave me a $50 maximum on it, which is absolutely pathetic. Um, more pathetic than I'm a shareholder in that company. Um, a big one at that, but uh, absolutely pathetic bookmaking from a, a legal book. And to, to your point where you were saying, what do I think? I think it's it's practically criminal that legal books in the United States, not just Nevada, but everywhere in the United States, can post these bets without easily findable limits. Yes, you know, I agree you, you with should that. Not be able, you should absolutely not be able to post a market without putting the limit you know, in a very easily findable place right there on the page. It's, 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 the, it's just bad bookmaking. Um, and it's got to change if, if, if this is going to be a, you know, a, a positive industry in this country, which I'm skeptical it will be. Um, but, but they're going to need to change a lot of this behavior because the days of, of different limits for different players has to, has to stop. I love, I love the comment. We've got to post the limits, and the days of different limits for different players has to stop. I love it. Thank you, Jason. Uh, we'll talk uh, later this week when there's more baseball on that particular day to talk about. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, and thank you for giving me a, a place to be able to say things like that. There's not a lot of a lot of places where people can talk about the the issues with the, the industry. My man, Jason Weingarten. This is the place uh, to do it, this is for sure. Jason Weingarten from... Uh, Oh, you can find him on Twitter, I should say, at Spreadopedia, writes Point Spread Weekly, um, and bets baseball in a way, let me just say this, I've never met a more intuitive baseball better. Just just spectacular betting that sport. And could talk to him endlessly about all kinds of different subjects, and we do, by the way, off, off air. Um, one day we're going to do that uh, gambling stock segment that we've always wanted to do. Because he's uh, deep into that as well. What are you betting these days? Well, uh, that's a, that's a good question, Gil. Uh, basically, what I have so pre-flop baseball, as you know, as squirrely as it gets. Yes. So what I have started to do is I'm picking on a few teams when they get leads. I am betting either the game over or betting the other team at a balloon price. This is what we do on primetime action every night. Because there are so many bad bullpens now that you can pick off huge numbers. Like, let's take, let's take that ridiculous Atlanta Philly game on Saturday night that, that, that I, that, that I only had to win about six different times. (laughs) Um, So, so I took, I took Atlanta at a boy. I think plus three sixty three was the number I ended up getting on Atlanta when they were down three, one in the seventh. Uh, So, that was one of those where the Phillies bullpen at home 
is bad. On the road, it's otherworldly bad. Uh, and, of course, uh, that was a game where Pablo hits the home run with two outs in, in the bottom of the ninth. Then they give up a run in the 11th. They come back again. Then they give up three in the 12th, come back again, and win the game in the 12th uh, <laughs> solely because of just the incompetency of the Phillies' bullpen, Gil. So that's really – I'm gravitating away from preflop baseball except for except for a few, a few totals here and there, yeah. uh, first five unders more than anything. But it, it just, again, it, it, it took a month to remind me, oh, yeah, this is this is really squirrely. It, it is. We always know that with baseball approach. You're like, can't wait for baseball. Can't wait for baseball. Yeah. And then within two days, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. about this. <laughs> The the but that's such a great point, Jeff. And by the way, it's Jeff Parlay, everybody. Jeff Parles is how uh, normal people call him. Uh, <laughs> he's the uh, host of Bet Center, which you do with what Peterson, Wilson, Greg Peterson. It was, it was it was it was Greg Peterson and Josh Towers yesterday. Oh, so we had, a, we had a full boat over no there. No, don't Josh on yeah. Bet Center. Um, that that's such a great point, though, because again, five years ago, and I can't I can't stay stress this enough. Five years ago and, and, Pat, and, you know, earlier than that, if somebody had asked me, what's your favorite sport to bet, right? This is before in-game was really, had really proliferated. I would have said, oh, it's baseball and, and anything second place is way past that, right? But as pitchers, as starting pitchers, uh, on average, play less and less and are pulled quicker and quicker, the notion of, of trying to quantify that, right, pre-flop, is just, come on. It's it's just by definition that much more difficult, right? Right. Because bullpens, that's a, that's like moving. You know how many moving parts is that? You have to guess along with the manager. Oh my God! Please don't put in that guy, right? So that strategy that you're talking about, and we do this on primetime action not only for baseball, Jeff, and maybe baseball is the best manifestation of that, but we do it for basketball. Like if a, if a you know if a, a team, a big underdog, goes ahead, we look for opportunities on the favorite. Um, in game, that's the way to bet these things. And we, by definition, because we do these shows, we got to fill content. And obviously, we talk about these things pre flop because we have the spread that sits up there all day. So obviously, we're going to talk about it through that lens. But really, in practice, what you're doing is so much smarter. And again, it took me about three and a half weeks too long to realize that's the only way to realistically bet this because, again, it just. Pre-flop baseball, like you, like you said, ever since the starting pitchers are now, what, most of them are five-inning commodities, and yeah. then you have to get, okay, pitcher A has to pitch well, then pitcher B has to pitch well, then for, again, for the Phillies' sake, oh, Hector Nearest has to get a save on the road? Wait a second here. Are we, are we sure he's even capable of getting, getting anyone out away from Citizens Bank Park? But... Look, it's one of those two where the extra inning rules also are in play. Also, Huge. so it's a so great point. I have not bet an in game. I have not bet an under, period, for a full game this year. The only unders I have bet have been first fives. Which look, if you're betting an under, you're betting it because you think the starting pitchers are good, not for any other reason. So why not just take it while you know they're going to be in the game, and if one of them gets rocked, you're losing anyway. So so be it. The point about in game unders. I won't say that I haven't done it in game under, because I have, but your point is well taken, which is you shouldn't necessarily, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say you shouldn't necessarily have that instinct. You should always be aware of the fact that with the extra inning rules, what they are, and by the way, I don't know what your trajectory is on the extra inning rules, but I've gone for, I've gone from this is going to stink to, oh, I don't mind this so much. This is actually pretty cool to now sort of gravitating a little bit back to this this is, I'm kind of tired of it already. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's a, Again, it's you're rewarding a team for doing nothing. Again, here's the thing, though, Gil. 
a lot of these teams are not capable of ground ball to second, fly ball no. to center field anymore. <laughs> no, let alone a bunt. Right. Well, saying. forget the bunt. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> but but that's the thing. Like if you're if you're a home team and you just put up a zero with the runner at second in the top half of the inning, it is inexcusable to not score in the bottom half now. Oh. It just it's inexcusable. When that I think that's the single biggest one. When the when the road team does not score. Yeah. And the home team does not employ strategy. Just get the guy to, to third. Just get yeah. the guy to third. Yeah. That of all of the situations is the one that drives me crazy. But getting back to the original point, which is you're right. If you have an always note, and I've done this on primetime action, always know that, that those extra innings with a guy starting on second lurks. So the chances of the of the over, whatever your in game number is, hitting I'm not so sure that's built into the algorithm. It, it's clearly not yeah. because tie games to me, tie games in the eighth should now have two and a half runs added to it. It's still the traditional one and a half. Yeah. So beware, uh, be aware of that. I, I've done that a little bit too. Again, if I was, if I was more on point. If I was on with you guys, I would probably be just, oh, if we got a tie game in the eighth, blind over. I, I would do that at this point. Wherever Todd Wishnev is right yeah, now. Yeah, he should be doing that. He's he's listening. He's going, ah, oh, this is exactly what I talk about all the time. Um, by the way, not that I haven't done pre-flop. Uh, we have my, my pre-flop record. But it's like, what am I, 11-7 uh, or something on the year. I've only played like 18 yeah. pre-flop games all, all season long. We'll come back more with Jeff Parlay, everybody. want to ask him some basketball questions as well. No end to the amount of basketball I can talk as we uh, go the home stretch towards the playoffs. It's a numbers game at Visa the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. On a special pop-up episode of the Rod Flatter Racing Pod here, trainer Bob Baffert offer his side of the drug test that flag Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit for an excess trace of anti-inflammatory drug. Workout expert Bruno DiGiulio and trainer John Sheriffs also talk about the controversy. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is available at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It's sponsored by First Bet. Thank you to Ron Flatter and Peter Fornital coming on the show earlier to talk about that. that. That sort of overran the weekend, the whole scandal there. Perhaps racing's biggest scandal ever. And maybe Bob Baffert ends up as the Lance Armstrong of horse racing. Um, Skill Alexander, it's a numbers game. Brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Uh, we get tweets, Jeff. I don't know if you know that. We get tweets <laughs> at beating the book. This is uh, from uh, Owen. Very kind tweet. I won't read that, but thank you, Owen. That's very, very kind of you. Uh, Coach Brian... Uh, what was that tennis play? Was, uh, again, the tennis plays. One's already off, and our girl is up a break, Zvonareva. Uh, the other one is later, Georgie, which should start. Camila Georgie uh, starts probably right after this show. She's going up against uh, Sarah Cerebes Tormo. That's about a th- that's about a plus 256 proposition right now. And then uh, Cricket Man, two things. One, cold and snowy in Denver today, so there may not be a... Uh, you know, that game we were talking about with Colorado and San Diego could be a good opportunity on the Rockies if it does get played because we don't know how long Dinelson Lamette's going to go for for the Padres. And then he says, uh, I bet golf for the first time, courtesy of VEASAN, and made money. I bet the draft, the NFL draft, based on Gill, Gill's enthusiasm and made money. 
putting on my hockey hat now. Go digital gambler. Go Andy McNeil. So we got one guy, cricket man, doing all kinds of sports. So may they all be profitable like that. Uh, let me ask you, NBA, uh, Jeff, Jeff Parlay, everybody. Jeff Parl's here. By the way, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, bet, I'm betting Georgie right now because I can get it. So okay. just making sure. I don't right. She's a big dog. Don't get mad at me if it doesn't happen. Uh, but I love the number there on, on Camila Georgie going against Cerebus Torma. A little, little betting while the show's going on from Parlay. Um, basketball. Yes. Lakers, we heard from Shams this morning, looks like LeBron is going to try to play tomorrow night, if not Wednesday. So LeBron, in whatever condition he's in, he's going to get back into the lineup this week. Um, I don't know if they're going to get out of the playing situation. Looks probable that they'll still be in the playing situation, the Lakers, because they still got to catch either the Blazers or the Mavericks. Uh, a Bla- a pardon me, a Lakers Warriors seven eight game. <laughs> um, how pheno- First of all, how phenomenal is the plan? Do you love this? Oh, I look. I'm all in on this. Me too. I, 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 if they don't want to keep it for the seven seed moving forward and only want to make it the eight. That's probably better because do we really need to watch the Indiana Pacers one more time in we this season? Not. We do we not. We do not. Do we really need plus, to watch? Plus, there could yeah. be a situation. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. There could be a situation where the seventh seed is markedly better than the eighth seed. Right. Which we don't have this year. If, if it's a two and a three game difference in each conference, yeah. which is a, a reasonable difference, but not crazy. But we've seen seasons where they're like wildly, you know, oh, yeah. way ahead. We, it's it's less likely to see that with the eighth to the ninth. So yeah, if you if they go to one playing game in each conference, I think that's probably a little more fair. Mm-hmm. But look, if you're if you're putting a situation where first off the seven a playing is really intriguing for how you're going to handicap the playoffs this year in the West, the East it doesn't matter. The only thing that could happen, I mean, I, I know people will say, oh, Boston has a chance to beat Brooklyn. They have no chance to beat Brooklyn, guys. They have no chance to beat Brooklyn. You did the turn in the camera. In a a seven-game series, the Celtics just aren't good this year, which they've had all sorts of COVID issues. So be it. It's a one-off where just didn't have it this year. But in the Western Conference, if you're the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz, who the Jazz legitimately having their best season since Stockton and Malone were there, Mm -hmm. and the Suns have not been in the playoffs since I was in high school, Gil. So what was that last year? What was that? Not, not yeah. quite, oh, okay. not quite, but, <laughs> but it's been over a decade. So your reward potentially for making the, for having your best year in 25 years or making the playoffs for the first time in a decade is LeBron and AD yeah. or Steph Curry potentially. Cause I, if golden state, whoever loses that seven, eight, eight, I think would beat Memphis. What a brutal, just absolutely brutal, yeah. which, which also too, like it brings up the point, like the Lakers are still the second favorite to get out of the West, even with all their injuries. Only the Clippers have shorter odds right now, Gil. Like poor Phoenix is going to be like a like a two like a two fifty dog against the Lakers <laughs> if they get if the they worst. play the Lakers, which is just crazy to me. Unless we see LeBron is really like if he, yeah, like yeah. He, but even so though, like you know yeah. how that's oh, you know sure. how that series is going to be bad. Oh yeah, I do know how it's going to be bad. That's for sure. Whether it's justified or not, that right. point's a different story. Yeah, no, it is. Either Utah or Phoenix are going to get the bum draw of all time. A hundred percent. But that's what makes this so fascinating, man. And, uh, yeah, no one's suggesting Lakers are going to lose twice in a row either right. to get knocked out. That's 
That's also something that's not going to happen. I like how you did that Anchorman 70s <laughs> news thing when you turned in and said the Celtics aren't going to do anything. I think you're right. Just not their year. Just not their year. I'm going to ask you about Thibodeau versus either uh, Monty Williams or Quinn Snyder. Uh, get your thoughts on other basketball-related matters. It's a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Did you know VEASAN.com has the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight? Well, we do. Track the line movements with live charts, get estimated scores for every matchup, and all the betting information you need to stay on top of the action. You can also use a parlay calculator to figure out payouts and get all our betting 101 info, including definitions of the betting terms we use here on the Sports Betting Network. Start your day's sports betting research for free at VEASAN.com. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parles, ladies and gentlemen, is here. Um, Jeffrey, of course, uh, his grandfather, Stephen Parlay. Uh, let's not forget him. Hope he's doing well. I'll see, I'll see him. Uh, I'll see him on Friday. All right. We'll Please tell him I said hello. We'll do. Um, and the appearance, of course. Yeah. And 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 Stephen's lovely wife, Tanny, is it? You got it right. Yes. See, look at you remembering. Is she things. okay? Yeah. Everyone's everyone's okay. everyone's everyone's Your doing. Your brother. His, Everyone's doing as well as they can right, right now. Again, look when when you're in your mid 80s for my grandparents. Yeah. It's, it, 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 you know, uh, you, your parents are yeah. are older. It yeah. can be it can be a struggle from time to time. Oh, it sure can be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a whole other subject. Let me ask you about this. Tom Thibodeau uh, and the New York Knickerbockers. Somehow they're still the fourth seed, man. What a huge, win yesterday! Huge for them. win over the Clippers. We were just talking off air, like we were talking about how the Celtics. That loss to the Bulls on Friday. Horrendous. Just choking dogs. Yeah. Like, you didn't even show up for that game against the Bulls. You're trying to stay out of a play-in. Didn't even show up. Got crushed. Uh, and then there's the Knicks. Yesterday against the Clippers, you're like, wow. This, like, Thibodeau, this team may actually finish fourth. And so I ask you, of you, what I asked uh, others last week, which is, all right, if the Knicks finish fourth versus Quinn Snyder of the Jazz who look like they're going to be the number one seed after the Suns' loss yesterday. It still might be the Suns, but it looks like it's going to be the Jazz. Quinn Snyder, who didn't have Conley and Mitchell for a huge portion of this season, or Monty Williams of the Suns, who obviously exceeded season win total expectations by double digits in the West. By the way, though, the Knicks... The Knicks may end up exceeding their season win total of 22 and a half. May double it. <laughs> by 20 games. No, not by 20. Yeah. Yeah. If they, if they won out, it could be 19 and a half games. Yeah. But they by far, from our little corner of the world, the lens through which we look at, at how great a team is or how much they've exceeded expectations, it's the Knicks in it's a runaway. Close. So is it Thibodeau, Snyder, or Williams for you? Snyder is last of the three. Despite the fact that he didn't have yeah, those players, it's still last because they're the number one. I, seed. I, I understand that, but you could have seen the leap coming for this team. Now going to one, maybe not. But this has been a legitimate playoff team for a few years now. So if it's Monty Williams, I have no issue at all because Phoenix legitimately showed absolutely nothing as a franchise for a whole decade until the bubble last year. Had shown absolutely nothing. Remember, Monty got Monty got brought in midseason. It was a weird thing. Uh, so look, it, it's one of those where Phoenix. I expected to be a playoff team. I thought they were going to be a playing game t- playoff. I team, thought though. so too. Playing so team. so you're exceeding expectations by five seed lines, and the fact that they ha- still have a shot to get the one seed is pretty wild for a team that hadn't been in, in the race in ten years. And then for the Knicks. I do lean Thibodeau here. 
just because from our lens, this team was supposed to be horrible. And what Tom Thibodeau has done to possibly get the Knicks to, again, not only in the playoffs, not only not in the play-in game. But a home but court. Yes, get home court advantage at MSG <laughs> yeah. is astounding. It's absolutely astounding. Like, look at the roster before the season. Like, again, we didn't expect Julius Randle, who should easily win the MIP at this point. And, and Thibodeau probably deserves a little credit there, too. Yeah, I yeah. would agree. And this Derrick Rose resurgence yeah. out of absolute no, absolutely nowhere is just truly astounding that the Knicks have been able to do so. I would lean Thibodeau, but if it's Monty Williams, I, I, I won't complain. I don't have a problem with it being any of those three guys. I really don't. I think you can make a case for all three of them. Because of, of again, with the Jazz right, and all with the injuries. injuries. Yeah. And you end up the number one seed. So I think all three of those guys. The, the only reason I bring it up is because when, when I first brought it up on this show, which was a while back, um, and I said, Thibodeau's 20 to 1. We looked at the coach of the year odds at that point, and Thibodeau was like seventh at that point. Yeah. And even fell back to 25 to 1 for a minute after that. And I'm like, what is going on? Plus, there's East Coast bias with voters, right? You have to, you're, you're, you're handicapping voters at that point. So at that point, it was a spectacular bet. Right now, though, if he didn't get it, I, I wouldn't be, if it was, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be one of those three guys, I would have no problem with him not getting it. I'm just saying at that point, it was a great bet. But if he doesn't win it, I got well, no problem. Well, I mean, with look, it. there's a difference between it being a good bet and it not winning. That's the I point. I mean, look, I yep. mean, Tibbs, there was a, there was a, it was, I believe it was on Fox bet. There was, it was not even, th- it was not even three weeks ago where Tibbs was 30 to one still. Man. And behind, like, Steve Nash was the third favorite in the coach of the year. And then look, Nash has navigated a, 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 a wild season there, but the talent differential for those two sure. teams is just. Night and day. He does foul one up three. I'll give him that. Well, that's that's good for handicapping. So if I, if I was a voter, I'd be like, Nash. <laughs> that's all I care about. But it, it, it just, again, to me, Snyder is is third. But if he wins, I understand why he, yeah. he, he has won. But in the end, I do expect it to be between Monty Williams and, and Thibodeau. And, and look, Monty Williams is also really respected by NBA media and really liked by NBA media as one of the good guys in the sport. So... It wouldn't shock me if Monty Williams ends up winning winning the award in the end only, with that pushing only, him over the uh, finish Only line. award that's worth talking about at this point because everything else is... Everything's uh, wrapped. Yeah, Jokic is getting it. I mean, that's a done deal. you have any plays? It's only six games tonight. you have any plays there in the NBA? Oh, uh, no. It, it just... Uh, at this hour of the morning, I was telling Jason Connell. It's just off, tough. Like, it, it, it's just impossible. Yeah, we don't know who's going to play. And, and look, uh, you would... Look, you would honestly expect New Orleans not to be able to put together back-to-back really good efforts like they did last night without Zion and Ingram beating Charlotte, but they got dealt a bad hand. If they were trying to yeah. make the play and they really got dealt well, a bad it, hand. Even if one of them stayed healthy, yeah. they would still be alive here because San Antonio, San Antonio is not good. San Antonio just one and a half games ahead of the Pelicans for that 10th spot. And again, you can argue, well, what does that 10th spot really mean? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, true. No, gives you're you right. a chance at least. But at least it gives you a, you know something to talk about if you're the Pelicans. And clearly David Griffin was trying to get there because yeah. he was none too pleased blaming uh, the way that Zion has been officiated for Zion's injury. And the NBA slapped him on the wrist for that. Um, so, yeah, by the way, the Spurs, that we joke about this on primetime action all the time, the one team in the NBA playoff situation, I know they're playing at 10, that we 
I, we rarely, if never, talk like we never talk about the Spurs. Never for well, any reason, good well, or bad. Well, they're not. They're not good. They're not horrendous. Yeah. And their best player is a is a guy who plays a style like it's 1998 still. So <laughs> that's, that's that's your reason why. There's never a betting angle to it. Yeah. It's never any. Yeah. Yeah. They are what they are. Uh, I'm gonna. I asked Wes Reynolds some questions, uh, and I want to. At the risk of boring uh, some folks out there with the, me repeating this question, are we overlooking one team hugely in the East and in the NBA in general? We'll come back. Jeff Parles, my guest here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. Join the sports betting excitement with BetMGM and you can win $100 for a $1 wager on either the Bucks or Spurs to hit a three tonight. Just use bonus code VSIN100 and get in the ring with the king of sports books so that you can turn game time into showtime. Simply download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details and use promo code VSIN100. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Exclusive Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa in Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789 in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in the state of Nevada. We get tweets at Beatty the Book. 3-JACK H3131. I bet Georgie, talking about my tennis pick, I bet Camila Georgie at plus 260 may even watch. She's easy on the eyes, win or lose, he adds. Bruce Doe Biggin, to those rightfully decrying the death of small ball, that's us, blame the agents. They're the ones telling clients that the money's in bombs, not bunts, which is their job. They're not teaching it, not teaching small ball, not teaching bunting. Uh, Jeff Parlay, my guest here on a numbers game, Skill Alexander. Um, I had Wes Reynolds on the show to begin, and... This is the point of the season where a basketball gets obviously super interesting with the postseason and the run-up with the play in. And so I'm going to ask you a couple questions that I asked of him earlier because to me these are the most fascinating things. One, I started the whole show by saying I think the biggest overlooked story in basketball right now is the T-Wolves refusing to tank. Because the T-Wolves refusing to tank, they, that's only protected top three for them. If they don't get that, if they're not top three, worst three in other words in the league, it goes to the Warriors. So, and right now, the Warriors, <laughs> dude. So the Warriors will have Clay coming back next year, James Wiseman, and whoever they pick high in the draft to go along with Steph, of course, next year. And that's, you know, for those folks in the Bay Area who are listening, this is fascinating with the Warriors because you don't often, you don't often see this kind of trajectory in sports where a team wins three titles, right, in a span of five years, and then they lose this superstar in Durant and then they have this injury, spate of injuries, but yet they maintain their, not not quite their championship level, they maintain credibility and viability because of this rash of great picks. Right. Which well, could happen here. Well, well and also, too, they, again, as long as Steph Curry has been healthy, oh. 
a they've been a quality team. I mean, if you in the, not, in the games where Steph hasn't played, they look as bad as the Houston Rockets, which is why he's the true MVP. Let's I, face look, it. He, he's he's so good. I I, I think that the Randiers kind of. We kind of forgot how great Steph was because oh, of I the Durant years. I yes. know you didn't, yes. but some of us are discounted Steph a little too much. And he's, I, he's the only guy. Let's put it this way: he's the only, when I was a kid, like all kids, we love certain players, right? right? And then you become an adult. And it's sort of like age inappropriate, not age inappropriate, but your brain doesn't work that way. Right. And we're gamblers, so that's all we decide to care about. He's the one dude in sports that makes me feel like a kid. Like I cannot watch enough of that no, guy. It's 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 ridiculous how good he is, and that's how that's why this Lakers Warriors playing game. If it, assuming oh. it happens, a that will be a rating, just a ratings monster. Adam Silver going to look like Mr. Burns and basically rubbing his hands together in joy. <laughs> uh, Simpson. But 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 you 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 look at you look at this though, Gil, and it, it's even like if you're Utah, and again the Lakers win the seven eight game against Golden State. Are you really enthused to have to no, play Steph Curry for, for for six are, seven games? You are so not. <laughs> Wouldn't be. By the way, just to clarify, the T Wolves thing—it's ping pong ball percentage yeah. again. So what I said at the beginning, instead of it being fourteen percent, if you get one of the, uh, if you're one of the worst three teams, if you end up being the sixth worst, which the T Wolves are flirting with because they refuse to lose, you could end up with nine percent of the ping pong balls come draft lottery, and that ain't good. That ain't good for the Minnesota Timberwolves because I don't know if you know this, Jeff. It's a numbers game. Uh, so here's the other question. And I think this is so. That's the biggest overlooked story, and that's at the bottom of the league. Well, is is it that or Oklahoma City legitimately on the opposite side, going legitimately six whole weeks with playing one game being competitive? Yes, that's that, very well, impressive. Do we have do we have those? Let's put that in perspective. Do we have those tweets about OKC? You sh- you put these up. You sent them to me earlier, Jason. Uh, putting the OKC just getting crushed. Uh, you sent me these tweets earlier. Let me uh, let me put that in perspective for you. Um, this is this is about this is with Sunday's twenty eight point loss. This is from ESPN stats and information. The Thunder have now been outscored, Jeff, by four hundred and ninety points <laughs> over their last twenty five games. It's the worst by any team in any twenty five game span in NBA history. That distinction previously held by the ninety two ninety three Mavericks that went eleven and seventy one minus four eighty nine in the twenty five game span. I mean, it's just again le- le- legitimately, Gil. They beat they beat and, Minnesota on March twenty second to go nineteen and twenty four. By the way, back to our Celtics point. They beat the Celtics. They beat one the of those Celtics. Nights. Yes, yeah. and since then the two wins were against Toronto, who legitimately played no one that game. That game, and then Boston. Oh, by the way, also I know, when I'm when I've been on with Tim Murray on the nightcap, we've mentioned this on uh, whenever they play. Their win total is heading down as an all time. All time beat. Oh, if you don't, if, the, if you if had the, the over, if the Thunder if you had the over on OKC yeah. win total, that is an all time beat. Legitimately, need four wins in six weeks, and you're going to get two. By the way, our, our program director, and and forgive me if I'm not getting his title right, but John Goulet, love John Goulet. He he also t- t- chimes in with the thing with the Warriors. He's like, or imagine if they took Wiseman and if they got a top pick, right? If they got the T Wolves pick and packaged that to another NBA team for a legit superstar. I mean, there's so many ways they could go with it. By the way, Gil, there is some potentially actionable NFL news that actually just came down. Please. So the Colts, who were in need of a left tackle because Anthony Costanza retired, Eric Fisher, the former number one pick, is coming off of a significant injury, though. 
he is going to Indianapolis on a one-year deal. So that is that is important for yep. Indianapolis because, again, I don't think Carson Wentz is any good. But <laughs> I don't know how much of that was that the Eagles' offensive, uh, offensive line just imploded around him last yes. year. But this is a big step in the right direction for a big need for Indy. Excellent aside, Jeff. I listen, I don't think he's any good, but uh, we'll see. Carson Wentz, one of the big question marks in the NFL season, among so many question marks coming up. Have you made any NFL bets? I ha- Yeah, I've made one. <laughs> in the midst of the chaos on draft day, yeah, when it was apparent that, all right, well, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is getting traded to Denver, but the whole market is sitting. Does. The whole market is sitting at twenty-five to one or twenty to one right now, when there was a stray sixty still sitting out there. I was like, well, let's just take it for small, and yeah. maybe I'll have something that is uh, thirty dollars better than everything else. And maybe if they start three and one with. Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, we can get out of it. I, that, do, that was my thinking. That's there. the one thing. I, I do agree with Lombardi on that. I don't think he's getting traded. I think it's like it is a total stare down, and I think and I think Rodgers is going to win the stubborn contest, and he's just not going to play. You don't think he's going to play? I have. A, I, he's okay. more likely not to play than he is to get traded. I think it's going to be just a giant staring contest where he just shows up like one day before training, like, like one day into training. See, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers has that in him. Like, if he goes that far to the wall, I think he'll just be like, I'll just host Jeopardy. Wait, let's get back so we only have a few minutes because I want to get to the question yeah. I was going to ask. So the T-Wolves the are the most, un, you know, the, the story that is most overlooked at the bottom. Mm-hmm. The Sixers are going to be the number one seed in the East. They are. Think about it. We, we talk about the Nets. We talk about the Knicks because they're such a great story. We talk about what's going on at the top of the West. And the Sixers just, you know, rolling along. They've won eight in a row now. They're 47 and 21. It would take a total collapse in the last four games for them not to be the number one seed. So they're going to get the number one seed. And as I mentioned earlier, all right, they're going to play the eight seed. Celtics, Hornets, Wizards, Pacers. I guess if it's the Wizards, that's scary, as, as I've established with my bets here on a 10 seed to get into the playoffs. Um, okay, if it's that, maybe troublesome. But I don't know, even as good as the Wizards are, can they beat the Sixers in a series? If they get past whoever comes out of the play-in, Right now, it's a Knicks-Hawks 4-5. Now, they would hate to see the Heat, which I think you agree with. I do. Because if, if the Heat slip in there, that's a different story. Because the Heat, you know, you don't want to play them in the playoffs. Well, and it's Jimmy Butler Revenge Series, too. They just have so many players, too, yeah. right? Like, we saw that last year in the playoffs. But if it's the Knicks-Hawks, which is what it is right now, this obviously could change. I mean, I guess the Hawks are, the Hawks are tough offensively for sure. But the Sixers should be able to get by either of those teams in a postseason series also. So you kind of have a situation where, you know, look, they'll get to the Eastern Conference Finals. So why aren't we, I, I know the Nets are the shiny object over here. We still don't know if, if those three guys are playing together. Harden, Kyrie, and Katie, we expect them to, but we don't know. Um, Are we kind of overlooking the Sixers, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think we are. The only concern with them is for me, again, the injury history for for Embiid and Simmons is concerning. Joel has come back and has been pretty healthy uh, since since that uh, one month out. Simmons has missed a few games here and there. But no, I, I'm with you because the bigger the biggest aspect of this whole conference now, Gil, is that whatever the two three is going to be, and it's going to be Nets Bucks. One of them is the two. One of them is the three. If those two games we saw last week are any indication, that series is going to be a full-out war. 
regardless of if Harden is back or not. Because I think Milwaukee matches up pretty well because Giannis is going to be able to name his point total in every well, single game. No well, one on Brooklyn can guard him. Again, that's the beauty of having the number one seed, right? Nets and Bucks got to play each other, yeah. one would think, two, three. So, I mean, I just think in all this, it's funny how little, and maybe because it has to do with the Embiid injury for some of the season. I just think it's interesting that that they tend to get lost. Completely lost, yeah. And they're the number one seed, for goodness sakes, in a in a competitive conference. And if it does hold up that it's Knicks, Atlanta in the 4-5, and Miami stays in the 6, mm-hmm. Milwaukee, if they get to the Eastern Conference yes. Finals, will legitimately have had oh. two very difficult series and then playing Philadelphia. Oh, and the Bucks, obviously, still would have to beat Brooklyn. Too don't want to have two bad postseasons in a row. They've got that hanging over them as well. Uh, Zvona Reva is going to get there. She won the first set six three. She's up four love in the second against uh, McHale. So it looks like our favorite's going to cash, barring the unforeseen. Uh, Camila Georgie, right after the show, is a big dog. Let's hope that gets there. Percock can get past Sakari right now and make my morning. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Jeff, thank you. Thank you. Always great seeing you. Safe travels this week. Jeff Parlay, everybody. Thanks to everybody for being on the show. Good luck with all your bets. Lombardi line next right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. 